0: welcome to the confident money podcast where we talk money finances and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon patronizing and gatekeeping i'm your host caitlin magnuson and i'm going to be your new finance bestie welcome back okay today we're going to be talking all about what the finance industry and the diet industry have in common, because this is something that I see repeated again and again and again, as someone that has done diets and has taken part in, you know, yo-yoing up and down my weight, my body composition, tracking my macros, not tracking my macros, having cheat days, you know, being really strict about what I eat, not caring about what I eat and just yo-yoing all around. I find that there are a lot of parallels for us between that and the financial industry. So a lot of times we will feel that sort of, you know, binge and restrict, right? You'll eat everything quote perfectly according to your macros or your fitness plan, or you'll, you know, follow your budget perfectly. But if it's, too restrictive, if it's not sustainable, if it's not something that is actually built for our lives for a long duration, we're going to find that A, it feels super restrictive and B, we end up binging, whether that is getting that dopamine hit. And I find this, especially with neurodivergent people, but with everyone, you end up spending, You know, it's Amazon or it's a late night buy, or, you know, it's something that you really don't need, but you just, you needed something in your life because you feel so restricted everywhere else. And you're trying to grasp for control because there's nothing, there's nothing fun about it. There's nothing sustainable. Like you look at this, we're in this for the long haul for most of us. If you have debt, if you have a mortgage, if you have student loans, this isn't a quick fix and overnight payoff. This is making a payoff plan just like if you're, you know, and obviously there's other factors that play in just like in the diet industry, right? You have hormones, you have privilege, you have access to nutritional foods. Same thing. If you don't have access to resources and to the information that you need in your finances, it's going to be significantly more difficult and you're going to have more hurdles to overcome. So I want you to understand the parallels here and why we're talking about how to build a sustainable plan. So we want to be building this sustainable future, this sustainable plan. And just like with, I'm gonna say dieting, I am now happily at a point where I don't diet. I move my body to do what feels good. I lift weights so that I can do what I wanna do. I do yoga so that my body stays flexible. And if I have a day where I'm tired, I do nothing. And I lay on the couch and that's okay. And I find the same thing now with my eating habits, the less that I focus on it. And the more that I just make intentions to have a vegetable with my meals most, right? 90% of my meals, I have a vegetable, something that's green, something that has a high nutrition content, or I have berries or have fruit. So making sure that I'm prioritizing nutrition, but that doesn't mean that I can't go get tacos and margaritas or that I, you know, my whole day is shot because I had tacos and now, well, I can't track that on my macros anyway. So I might as well, like the whole day it's gone. I might as well just do X, Y, and Z and, you know, fuck it all. And you'll feel the same way with a budget. If you have a budget that's too restrictive, or if you make the mistake of jumping into this wholeheartedly, number one, I love that, but let's jump into it wholeheartedly with baby steps because any drastic changes in your life are going to be more difficult to maintain sustainably on a long-term basis. So when we talk about goals, when we talk about saving, when we talk about retirement, keep in mind, and we'll, we'll, Lay this out in each of these examples, but you are not just jumping in with a thousand dollars a month that you're now moving to savings. You're not jumping in with maxing your retirement account out. If you weren't already close to those numbers, we're gonna start at like $25 at $50. We're gonna see what the littlest amount is that we can get started that feels almost not noticeable for me with food. Cool. It was just making sure that I had a green vegetable or a red vegetable of some sort with every meal. Like, okay, cool. Let's incorporate that in. Or it's making sure that I got up and I walked for the day. It's the same thing in finances. Where can we be incorporating small things that we can be doing? Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe and join our community at confidentmoneypodcast.com where we share resources and all of the money happenings. Plus, you can send feedback and suggestions for what you'd like to see covered in future episodes. That's confidentmoneypodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. One of the things that I've been doing now that has been kind of a fun game is anytime I want to buy something fun, something that's absolutely not needed, but something that I want, number one, I think about it first. If it's not urgent, I'll normally give it a day or two, sometimes even a couple of weeks. And if I still find myself coming back to it, I gave myself full permission to go buy whatever that thing is. A couple of weeks ago, it was plates. It was a whole, (laughs) this is what being 31 is. It was a whole dishware from year and day that I was very excited for because I'm hard on dishes. And we had a bunch that were chipped and it was really starting to bother me. And we were almost out of bowls and I use almost exclusively bowls and small silverware. Hello, ADHD, but bowls and small silverware are my jam. And so I decided after a couple of weeks of thinking this all through, it's like, yep, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna order them. And I am making an investment into something of equal value. So yes, it doubles the expense that I'm putting out, but it also means that A, I can spend with abandon on things that I want to be doing if I still want it. And B, I'm also investing in future Caitlin. So in this case, I put $500 because the dishes were right at $500. I put $500 to a crypto investment that I wanted to put some money into. And we're not going to be diving heavily into crypto. That Who knows? Maybe that'll be a, a mini season later on. But I want you to understand that you can make this system so that it works for you. I don't have a budget. I will walk you through how I do all of my finances, but I'm also going to walk you through an example or several examples that work for a lot of my clients. And they're not all the same. The whole point is to test out all of these and to find something that works for you, just like you would, again, with finding a sustainable way of eating. How are you able to eat and prioritize whatever your goals are? be it nutrition be it fertility be it nutrient deficiencies you know weight loss muscle gain there's there's all of these different goals that you can have in mind just like you can with financial goals and so i want you to be thinking between this episode and the next episode because in the next episode we're going to be talking about how to make your personal financial plan and or blueprint and what i mean by that and so i want you to be thinking Hmm. What are my big goals? I don't care if it feels unattainable. I don't care if it's something that you're worried, maybe you're not going to be able to hit. You are worthy of everything that you want in this life. It may take you a little bit of time to get adjusted to that fact and to understand that maybe it's Six steps, maybe it's 12 steps, maybe it's 37 steps. But if you want something and it's not in your current reality, where can you be making two millimeter, five millimeter steps on a daily basis? If you want to be a homeowner, what could you be doing outside of waiting for the market to crash and hopefully be more affordable on a daily basis? Well, number one, listening to this podcast, shameless plug, number two, you could be getting educated about different types of mortgages and understanding what you think you'll most likely need to do based on your income, based on your finances. Could you be looking to make a career change, to be making more money, to make it easier to qualify? Could you be looking at your debt to income ratio, understanding what that is, and deciding if there's any debts that you need to prioritize paying off? Most people, when they decide that they want to buy a house and get a mortgage, would go, oh, I'm going to start saving. That's fine. But is that the number one thing that'll do it right now? Are there, you know, down payment assistant programs? Is there money that you'll potentially need to bring to the table? Absolutely. Absolutely. But where are some other things that you can be looking at as a holistic picture when it comes to that goal? If that's your number one goal, if owning a house isn't your number one goal, then you pivot. You're not going to be looking at those sorts of things. You may be looking at, you know, what's the easiest place for you to be a digital nomad? If you want a family and you don't care about owning a house, like there's, there's all of these different you know, micro changes that can be made based on your two, five and kind of 10 year life plan. And I want to challenge you to start thinking about what an ideal life looks like for you now. And then part of that financial blueprint and part of that plan is actually breaking that down and working backwards, which I'm a really big fan of. It makes things a lot easier. So in 10 years, I want, and I'm, I'm going to give you, this is just my really open examples from my vision board, which any of you that see the video of this will see my vision board later. And I want you to understand that some of these feel lofty as hell and absolutely unattainable at this point in time. But I know because I've proven to myself over the last 10 years that all of these are absolutely possible if I'm willing to break them down, if I'm willing to trust in the fact that setting the goal and reverse engineering it is incredibly powerful. So I'm 31. I'll be 32 in May of this year. And in 10 years, I plan to have a home built on the property that we bought this last year. I plan to have at least one other house in another country that we can use for to live in part-time. Um, I've been looking just because I'd like to get really specific with these goals. I've been looking in Italy, Spain, or Portugal. Um, I want to have a philanthropic arm to my business or my life where I'm really passionate about spaying and neutering and free veterinary services for those who can't afford it. I'm We have three cats, three dogs, and 10 chickens, and they're all rescues. And so for me, that's a really important aspect of my life. And one of the best ways to help combat pet overpopulation is offering spay and neuter and educational services. And I want to be a published author. So and I want to have over a million dollars in investments in 10 years. So what does that look like if I break it down? So we're going to go back to like what five years of that looks like. And we're going to break it down smaller. And then we're going to go to two years. And then we're going to go to, okay, what does that look like today? What does that look like next month? What does that look like next quarter? And these really lofty or really big goals start to feel so much more attainable. So be thinking of your happiest, your most supported, your safest, and your most joy-filled self and life. What does that look like? And bring that to our next episode. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time, where we'll chat real finances for real people.